It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Braves Digital Media Content Manager, alongside in our home here, not virtually. I usually, I've been saying virtually for the last year. I'm actually actually in person alongside. Thank God. Yes, a director of Braves <laughs> Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael, here in the Braves Alumni Lounge in our, our actual home. And this is, now that I think about it, I think you and I have done, I think we did an intro uh, recently where we recorded in here, but today is actually, I hadn't thought about this till just now, this is the first full episode we're finally getting to record back in the Alumni Lounge since uh, since the pandemic began, and man, does it feel good to be mm-hmm. back here. I'm I'm all fully vaccinated, good to go, so I, I'm, I'm comfortable and good to go, and our guest today, he and I, I just so happened, I think he got his... his uh, Second dose the same day I did, so we all felt comfortable coming back in here and all that good stuff. Uh, my good buddy Kevin McAlpin from Braves Radio Network, longtime clubhouse reporter with the Braves Radio Network, uh, and now he's doing the he's the main pregame and postgame host for Braves Radio Network and 680 The Fan, and um, he's you know I gotta I gotta I gotta talk a little bit about Kevin, just the the friend that he's been to me when I first moved down here. Uh, to start working at the time for MLB, but with the Braves, uh, which has now transitioned into the full-time role with the Braves. Um, I moved from Virginia 500 miles down here to Atlanta, and it was in the, about a month into the 2015 season, and I walked into that press box, and I was as green as you can be as far as working in a press box. I didn't know how to dress properly, which some would argue I still don't know how to do that, but, <laughs> but I didn't know, like... I didn't. I just didn't know anything mm-hmm. other than this is where I was going to be working on game days. Was in this press box, um, and thankfully, Kevin and I had met a couple years previous through my stint in the MLB Fan Cave. We kind of got to know each other a little bit, had connected, and he had stayed in touch and been a good friend. So when I got to that press box, I mean, I was nervous, but it was like I had a familiar face. And not only was there a familiar face there, he was like, "Yeah, come on, I'll show you around." And he's like, "All right, it's about an hour before game time. Let's go eat dinner." Like. Mm-hmm. And so from day one, I had somebody here who was taking care of me, basically, and showed me the ropes. And he and Mark Bowman, like those those two guys, like kind of they looked after me and told me, like, you know, here's what you do and where you sit. And <laughs> and so I've always been appreciative of that of him. Um, but just it's it's I'm just happy to have him on the show finally, because, uh, you know, he, he does such a great job. And of course, if you're a Braves fan and you've ever listened to Braves on the radio, you've heard Kevin in one capacity or another. And uh, he's got a pretty interesting backstory of how he got here. Philly guy, 
covering the, grew up rooting for the Phillies, then covered the Phillies, and now in the last decade has been a Braves guy. So, uh, so yeah, I'm just happy to have Kevin on here, and thankfully we're back here in our home and our and our two chairs and our couch that we recorded. So <laughs> That's feels right. Good. Yeah. Well, you're vaccinated, he's vaccinated, so I guess we've reached herd immunity. So That's, we've got it here on this show. That's we've right. got it. Yeah. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great having Kevin on, and um, I didn't know a lot about his story, but anybody that can come out of Philly and and come down here and be <laughs> successful, I'm rooting for him. Um, that's a tough place to be. Yeah. So, uh, but I was getting. It's been good to get to know him and um, to hear his story, and uh, I, you know, I, it's a tough job. I've been around, you know, as a ball player, just being around reporters and. Um, guys that have to make a living off following following the players and getting their information and making sure they create these stories and letting the fans know what's going on it's not easy i mean we're you know we can be as rough and um uh what would be the term where we're not very uh amenable you know we're not we're not we're not very helpful in them doing their job because you know if we've had a bad night the last thing we want to do is talk about it last thing we want to do is um talk to somebody there who's who's probing us for questions and you know the players put up walls and they're afraid about what they're going to say we do workshops on well don't talk too much about this be wary of these questions and so you know you're always kind of calculating what somebody's asking you because you always think that they're out to there's of course their stories and people sometimes you you put your guard down and and they're asking you questions and it becomes a story and maybe that's not what you said or you said too much and so it's a tough job because they're obviously they've got a job to do and that's to get information out to um to the network and allow fans to maybe find something behind the scenes that uh, is a little bit more interesting than just yeah i you know i'm gonna take it one day at a time and felt pretty good out there and all that kind of stuff he's trying to make it interesting and so it, it's a tough job and then like you said it's all it's every you know every night you know pre-game post-game during the game you're doing something and trying to make it there's an art to it trying to make it fresh and of course i i feel very fortunate being around guys like pete van Weren and you know skip carey and, and and don sutton and joe simpson Th- that's what i you know grew up in you know professionally that's those are the kind of guys i was around and they were phenomenal and we had we had great reporters and people that were always uh, around there but uh i don't know my my heart goes out to him knowing that what he's got his job because it's a it's a tough job it's very and, tough yeah, yeah. And, and um i just wouldn't uh, sometimes I wouldn't wish that on my enemy that having to go in there and, and try to get something out of some of these guys because you know I was one of those guys. Sometimes I just didn't want to talk, you know. And sometimes guys are hiding from them, and and uh, it's it's a hard job. But we appreciate what he does, and because of course we now we want to hear it. You know, I'm a fan now, just like you are, and we want to hear that stuff. So, but for him to get that information, sometimes tough to get that interview. Yeah, it's really tough. Uh, that was one thing talking about when I moved down here and started working in the press box was because of my job I always liked that I didn't have to go interview the guys or talk to the guys or stick a microphone in their face because I've never wanted to do that not just I, I didn't think I'd be good I knew I wouldn't be good at it first of all and I just that was not something I wanted to do and for my job it's not something I need to do or have to do that's what that is why we have Kevin and Mark and and all the guys that and Gabe Burns all the guys mm-hmm. who cover the team because they're there to ask those questions and do their job. So after every game uh, in the press box, of course, now it's everything's over Zoom, so everybody stays. But uh, in normal times, 
the game ends and the entire press box empties because all the guys are going down to either the Braves clubhouse or if they're they're traveling covering the, the opposing team, they go down there. And so it's usually just me in the press box and then our great media relations guys that are in there taking care of things. But everybody empties out, and then I'm still working there, and then 10, 15, 20 minutes go by, and then the place fills back up. Mm-hmm. They come back up because they've gone down and gotten their quotes and stories and everything. And it's never lost on me that, like, man, I, I have a lot of respect for these guys that, that are going down there and doing that every day. Uh, but for the, all the reasons you just outlined, I don't want to stick a microphone in a guy's face after he just blew a game or went 0 for 4 or, you know, struck out in the ninth or, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the situation is. Um and so I, I very much appreciate the guys that can do that and do it professionally. You know, yeah. now I don't, I don't, people are pr- purposely out just to stir up things. You know, that's a different thing. But the guys who are just trying to do their job, I respect it because I couldn't do it. It, it. That's a tough gig. So Kevin did a great, did that, that particular job very well for a long time. But now it's, it's great to see him in this new role doing pregame and postgame. And that is, that is equally hard. And we get into that in the interview with him in that that's, it's not like, yes, part of it is you're just turning on the microphones and talking, but there is a lot of preparation and a lot of – there's a lot of thought you have to put mm-hmm. behind it. You can't just – I don't know. Maybe some people are good enough that they can just wing it for hours for 162 <laughs> games. I can't imagine that there are. I really can't imagine that there are many people who can do that. Uh, so it's been great mm-hmm. to see him settle into that role. And we're, we're Domino. Lucky to have him. Domino can. Domino, hey, he's a pro. I like Domino. <laughs> yeah. He and Domino, they, they, they've been really good together. Yeah. They, they've, I think they've been the primary pregame duo. Or he's, Domino's been the main one doing it with Kevin. They've been, I've been tuning in uh, a lot here, here this season. They've been doing a good job together. I don't know how you can just turn a switch and pull out that kind of information out of your brain at the drop of a hat. I mean, there's something about there's an art to that. I just yeah. don't – I don't always work that way. It, um, I work better in stories, but, I mean, just spitting out facts and stuff like that, that's just incredible. You know, Ben Ben's incredible too. We've sure. had him on the show and, and what he brings to the table. I'm so glad he's doing, uh, you know, radio every game. And I think he and, he and Joe are doing a great job. And so I, I feel good. I mean, I've always, I've always appreciated that about the Braves. We've always had some really quality – guys who are either broadcasting i love what you know frenchie and and um you know chip are doing in the booth and and you know glad when he's here in town but i've always felt good about our product and watching the game and of course you know going back to we had just unbelievable people there back when i played and and before that i miss ernie johnson i mean ernie johnson was one of my favorites and uh, and one of our alumni, Daryl Cheney, well, both of those guys are Daryl Cheney and Ernie Johnson are alumni. You know, they both right. um, played for us. And so uh, I love that. I love I, I remember those guys, Ernie, you know, rest in peace. He he was he was phenomenal. And uh, of course, I know his son and his family. They he's doing a great job on, you know, doing basketball. Sure. And they do some golf, too. But. Yeah, we've seen some talented people, but that I do appreciate because it makes the game better. Absolutely, I mean, that's part. Especially, I think every if you're a sports fan, you love your, you generally love your your team's broadcasters, whatever sport we're talking about. Um, but I think baseball, that's another level again because it's 162. It's every day, so it's if you're a diehard fan, you're tuning in every day. Then it's kind of. In some ways, you feel like these are the people you're welcoming into your home every night, whether they know it or yeah. not. That's, you kind of have that relationship with them if you're every day. Like, you're, mm-hmm. all right, it's time to turn on pregame, listen to, to Kevin and, and Domino. And then right. and then whether you're going to listen to Ben and Joe on the radio or you're going to watch Chip and Frenchie or whatever you're going to do. I mean, it's, it's it becomes 
It, to me, that's what it kind of feels like. If you're a diehard baseball fan and you're watching every day, it's like these people sort of become part of your your inner circle, even though they're not. I mean, they're just broadcasting game. But if you have that relationship with the team, that's what it feels mm-hmm. like. And that's that's the broadcast, and it's all the things surrounding the broadcast pre and post. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's part of it. They're talking to you every night. Yeah, yeah. You better – I mean, I, I grew up watching the Cubs as well. I can't say I was a Steve Stone fan, but, you know, Harry Carey was – was interesting sure but um but it wasn't like skip and it wasn't like you know right earn um pete you know pete and um and joe and don but uh but that was kind of interesting how they flip-flopped and they changed i don't know if there was any many other teams of course i didn't have much of experience with other teams listening to their broadcast but i thought we had kind of a unique thing with guys would switch halfway through and go to radio and tv yeah it was wild how it used to work back then that that was how they did it looking back on it and but it's kind of like like you just said when i was growing up i didn't know any better yeah that was just how they did it and i was just like okay i guess this is just how all baseball teams do it and i didn't realize that that was kind of a, a unique deal so ted didn't do everything he, he wasn't nah. always conventional <laughs> a, little, a little different yeah yeah nothing wrong with that no i loved it well, listen, with, uh, without further ado, let's get right into it here. Great discussion with, uh, with my buddy uh, from Braves Radio Network, Kevin McAlpin. Well, um, finally, I mean, we've been dealing with guest bookers and agents and managers for three years, but we finally got him. We finally got <laughs> Kevin McAlpin on Behind the Braves. No, I'm kidding. It's been too too long. We're far overdue to have my buddy, my good personal, close personal friend, Kevin McAlpin here. Hey, man, how we doing? You're the best, Ricky. And I got to say, you guys have you clearly have run out of people to talk to <laughs> when I got your text <laughs> asking if I could join the show. No, but it is. It's an honor to be here with you guys. And I've been looking forward to this for a while. So uh, excited to talk a little ball with you boys. Well, you know, what was funny was Greg and I were talking about we're looking at the schedule and who we're going to have on and everything. And I think, well, we could have have Kevin on again. And then it kind of hit us. We're like, wait a minute. Kevin was on with us when they had us. <laughs> they had Mutt and Jeff, me and Greg up there doing those summer games right. last, last year on Facebook. And you came in and hung out with us a couple innings. So in my mind, I had somehow just in the mess that was 2020, I had equated that to Kevin was on behind the Braves last summer. We could have him on this summer. No, he was just on with us during that live that live stream. So it's good to finally have you yeah, on. Yeah, no, that was fun. That was a good time popping in the booth with you guys. I really enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate the offer. And yeah. this is uh, this has been uh, something I've been looking forward to for a while. Well, I wanted to talk to you about your like how you got here mm-hmm. and your start. So, and you and I have talked a lot. I mean, you and I have. I think I've eaten more dinners with you in the last six, seven years than I have any member of my family in the last decade and everything because we work in baseball. We literally, we sit together, we eat together every day in the press box, and that's that's part of it, and I love it. That's, that's you know, part of what makes it fun. Um, so I think I've heard a lot of this, but I wanted to share get like some of the listeners because they're familiar with hearing you, of course, on longtime clubhouse reporter with Braves Radio Network, and now you're doing pregame and postgame hosting, which is awesome. You're killing it, doing a great job. I really like you and Domino together on the pregames are, are doing a fantastic job. Uh, but I wanted to get into how you got here. Like, uh, 
I know you came from Philly, and there was an independent ball stint in there oh, as well. Yeah. So uh, how, how did you get your start, and how did you know this is what you wanted to get into well, broadcasting? you know, Ricky, it's funny. I never – if you would have asked me 15 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, where do you see yourself down the road, I never would have imagined I'd be doing what I'm doing now. You know, I came out of college. I grew up in Philadelphia. I lived there till I was 30, and when I was a kid, I wanted to be in the next Harry Callis. That was my goal. I mean, I grew up with Harry. Um, he was obviously a Hall of Fame broadcaster. Got a chance to work with him a little little while when I was a part-time employee with the Phillies. Um, so you want to talk about dream come true, like meeting Harry Callis, having beers with him in Montreal was like, <laughs> it's a night that I will never, ever forget. I'll tell my grandkids about it. Uh, but uh, flash forward to 2010, uh, I'll save everyone all of, the, I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version because I don't want people tuning out this early on. Uh, <laughs> but I was I was working for the ESPN station in Philly. Uh, I started covering the Phillies in 2010. I uh, covered the Phillies for two years there. And while I was uh, covering the Phillies, um, my program director introduced me to a program director here in Atlanta. And he said, hey, when the Braves come to town, can you just run over to their clubhouse post game, grab Bobby Cox, the starting pitcher and a, a position player, which just so happened to literally be Chipper Jones every single night because that's where he was in his career. Um, so I was, you know, part time stringing for for Braves radio. They didn't have a full time reporter at that point. Uh, off season of 2011, I'm looking at the job boards and I see Braves Radio Network seeks full time radio reporter and I'm thinking well okay this is like this is the next step for me I, I wasn't traveling in Philly I was just working their home games uh, applied for the job I think they had seven or eight hundred people apply for this job mm-hmm. and after four or five phone interviews I was uh, the, the finalist it was me and one other person I, and uh, they said we want to fly you down to Atlanta we like everything we've heard we've heard your demos we've talked to some people they flew me down and uh, it was about three weeks before spring training so matter of fact it was Martin Luther King Day on on a Monday in 2012 when I got offered the job, uh, called my fiance, who was now my wife of nine years at the time, and she said, yeah, let's do it. Go for it. We're, we're moving to Atlanta. Um, and God bless her. And Ricky, you've met her uh, over the years. She's right? a saint. She, <laughs> anyone who's put up with me for more than like 15 minutes is a saint. Um, but she literally, yeah, I, I go down to Orlando for spring training in 2012, and she packed up our entire apartment. We weren't even married yet. We weren't getting married till that May. And so she packed up all of our stuff. We had it. We I flew back to Philly in May. We got married. The day after our wedding, we drove through the night with the moving truck down here to Atlanta, and we've mm. been here ever since. So um, it's been awesome. Atlanta has been, it's, it's become home to us. We have two kids here now. Um, I've got a son, Max, who's six, who's the biggest Braves fan you will ever meet on this planet. Uh, he, he knows, he probably knows more about these guys than I do. Um, and then my little daughter, Mia, who's almost seven months old and she has the lineup card from game one of the postseason last year when uh, <laughs> when Freddie Freeman hit the walk off and that was the day she was born so mm. um, it's been awesome we, we love it here we have no plans to leave anytime soon uh, much to the chagrin of some folks probably out there listening that's ready to get rid of me uh, but no man it's it's been awesome I, we love it here um, we've we've been embraced by the by the community and um, we're we've laid down roots so Atlanta has, has become home for all of us so it's it's been a lot of fun I've really enjoyed it we had a lot of great memories over the years and uh, hopefully a lot more to come that uh, hopefully we'll have a, a parade at some point uh, we can talk about and that'll be the uh, the exclamation point on it I guess well we will have a parade that'll be alumni weekend shameless shameless plug there he that'll is. be our first parade <laughs> well let me ask you so um, I've spent a little time in Philadelphia 
this had to seem like just um, getting out of get out of jail free card coming down to Atlanta and and coming to Philly. Great now, loves were you, Philly. You, were, you, were you born there and, and grew up there? I was born and raised in, uh, in wow. just to the western suburbs of Philly. The ball, okay. the ballpark, uh, Veteran Stadium, where I grew up going as a kid. That was probably twenty five minutes or so from where I grew up. Was that not a crazy place? I mean, I've never. It's windy. That turf was nasty. Mm-hmm. They were a good team. I mean, that just was not a pleasant place to go as a visiting team and play um you know when you had to face those guys every night that they were they were tough they probably played us tougher than anybody back during my career but but just going there the town they stuck us down by the wharf mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot to do there was a cool ship out there that replica uh, it's still scooter. there Is it's it? still there that's yeah. a pretty cool place <laughs> but i didn't venture out much there and of course i kind of felt that way about new york uh, eventually um, got a little bit better, but Philly, for some reason, just never stuck to me. And then when they started, they started uh, rocking our bus after they beat us. Uh, and my wife and I are looking at it like, well, these people are crazy. Well, I'll say that I've talked to Lemmer about that. Yeah. And he says they won. What are they? I, know, I can't imagine right. what would happen if they lost. If we would have beat them, and of yeah. course that was uh, that was the first team, honestly, guys, that I remember really following and being mm. I mean I was 11 years old in 93 that was my first ever team I mean I could yeah. give you the whole team if I ran it down but I mean watching uh, you know Lenny and, and Dutch and Crucker yeah. and, and Anki I mean those those were some I that, could not get Dalton out no he was just a beast I actually got a chance to work with Dutch when really? I worked in, in Philly radio um, they did a talking baseball with Dutch show uh, so a guy that I grew up idolizing I got a chance to work with and what a great guy uh, Darren was but yeah you know what the vet I'll say this for as bad as it may have been for baseball if you never experienced it for an eagles game my goodness you have no idea i'll just tell you this at the vet one thing you never did was wear opponents colors especially in the upper level (laughs) the the infamous 700 level if they're playing the cowboys or the giants or the red do not wear an opposing team's colors you will not there's a jail underneath the building i mean they had to put that in for fans and 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 eagle fans (laughs) they were just a different breed man and it was an intimidation factor just walking in the building i'll give you a quick real story about the vet i went to an eagles exhibition game okay this is august in (laughs) philly it's a hundred degrees and they're playing the packers this is probably early 2000s and i saw a fan wearing a green bay cheese head and it was in the 700 level and next thing you know there's this big commotion and everyone's looking around well this eagles fan grabs the cheese head off his hat head and starts running down the aisle (laughs) well next thing you know he's standing in the front of the upper deck and you see him unzipper his pants and next thing you know he relieves himself on the cheese head and throws it like a frisbee off the upper deck of the building. And I'm like, well, that's insane. But the poor people sitting below that had nothing yeah, to do with right. it. Poor folks down there. But yeah, oh, the vet wow. that was a that was that was a tough place. But man, it was it was an intimidating intimidation well, factor. And for that sure. is one of my favorite movies. That movie Invincible that Mark yeah. Wahlberg did um, about Papali. That was uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. That's probably the only thing I liked about Philly. <laughs> that that '93 Phillies team is ingrained in my. It's just funny the three of us sitting here all have this connection to that season just because me as a fan, like Kevin, I was 10 years old mm-hmm. that year, and I still remember. So earlier that summer in Virginia, my my family's house uh, caught fire, and it was damaged, and so we were out of the house for a few months. Literally, my dad bought a single-wide trailer, parked it in the backyard, and that was where we lived for a few months while they were repairing the house. So our very first night that we were able to sleep back in the, our actual house 
was the night that the Phillies eliminated uh, the Braves in that postseason, the 93 team. And I remember sitting there, I'm, I'm, I was probably, I was a little crybaby. So I think I was sitting there like, <laughs> like mad and pouting, watching because I just hated that Phillies team so much. And that was your rookie year, was that, was, yeah. was that year. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, even as a 10-year-old, I was mad and upset because my team was getting beat. But I just remember thinking, man, those, I can remember those Phillies guys, they just looked tough and they mm-hmm. were, they were you could just they just had they had nails they had like Schilling was younger I mean it was Schilling, just it was yeah. a tough tough team. Eisenreich yeah. yeah they had um, who, who played third base he was a tough guy too um, well, they had remember. Dave Hollins yeah they had, Dave Hollins played third they base. they had Mickey right. Morandini they I mean they had just mm-hmm. it was a bunch of characters on, on that yeah. team and again that was my first team that I ever really remembered and let me just say this for any Braves fans out there listening to this that will say that you know what those teams in the 90s they only won one World Series well guess what growing up in Philadelphia I would have killed to go into every stinking season knowing I had a chance to win a World Series mm-hmm. I, we had 93 and that was it look at those Phillies win loss record of the 90s and early 2000s, it was you could go to the vet and get a $3 ticket and go sit right behind the dugout if you wanted. Uh, plenty of good seats available. So uh, for you rooting against those Phillies teams, I was in the complete other side going, man, can we ever find a way to beat these freaking Braves? I mean, we just can't beat the Braves ever. But right. Well, you uh, know, that year, 93, we beat them all season right, long. Right. And then they just... You know, we we came back from the Giants. Uh, you know, won 104 games, and then that playoff game, it just it just it becomes a different season. You know, and we had that series, and every little break happened. Ball was just foul. Their mm-hmm. ball was just fair. There was a few things like that that happened, and um, and you know, it went the Phillies' way. But I don't know if anybody was going to beat the Blue Jays that year. They were they had a pretty that was kind of a Cinderella story for them. Of course, they went back to back, and mm-hmm. uh, they had good teams too. But yeah. Uh, Great memories of going to Philadelphia because those guys always played us tough and they knew us and and they were they were just like you said, Crook was a hard out and, <laughs> and yeah. you had Dykstra and you had Dalton and, and uh, then you had to face Schilling. I I tell people to this day, Schilling is one of my favorite all times because he could have pitched, he could he could have dominated in this era right now because he had ninety eight in the tank, but he lived at ninety three mm-hmm. and he could dot the eye. He could dot the outside corner, low and outside, low and up, you know, low and inside, upside. You know, he could go everywhere in the strike zone with a split and a slider and, and then that fastball. But he would pitch at 93, and then all of a sudden a guy would get on second base, and it was 98, mm-hmm. 97, 98. He'd strike him out, and then he'd go back to 92, 93, 92. And he was beautiful at that, and he would go nine innings. Yeah. So whenever he was on the mound, they were either going to win two to one or they were going to lose one to nothing. Mm-hmm. And that was just the way it was. He was pretty phenomenal. But I always I talk about him every chance I get because he was the epitome of power and he had control and he knew how to, you know, he knew how to just handle the game. And he was just, I don't know what, I know why he's not in the Hall of Fame, but he should be. I agree, especially postseason numbers alone. And remember, oh, yeah. if you're just basing it off of wins and losses, remember, he was on some really bad Philly teams there sure. in the 90s, too. So if they didn't win with Schilling on the mound, or maybe Terry Mulholland, who had yeah. a good run there. Which was one of our alumni, too. Right, exactly. Here. Yeah, if they didn't win with either of those guys, uh, you had to wait till next week to try to get another win. Right. <laughs> so... I know you're on the broadcasting side, so this is maybe this isn't a fair question, but I am curious because you did grow up a Phillies fan and then you were covering the Phillies. Was there some part of, even though you're professional, so I mean, you're, you know, you're switching to covering the Braves, then that's, hey, you're all in on the Braves. But was there still part of you that it was maybe a little difficult somewhere deep inside and you're the fan in you to switch from covering Phillies to Braves just because 
I ask this more curiosity for me because I happen to work with the Braves, which is the team that I always grew up rooting for, mm-hmm. and I've never worked for another team, and I hope I don't. I hope it never comes to that. But I have thought, like, what if something happened where I, I was to go work for another team? Like, how – I think that would be, probably be hard for me, and I don't know. Greg, you as a player, I mean, you've switched around different teams, so I, I know it's a different thing in itself. But was there part of that that was difficult at all for you? Not really. And the reason I say that is I had a chance to, to get to know some of those guys from afar for a couple of years when I was sending sound back to Atlanta. And I knew right away, walking in that clubhouse, it was my favorite visiting clubhouse that I would go into because I knew I could go in there for 10 minutes and I could get everything I need and they would treat me like a professional and they wouldn't you know tell me to you know beat it. They didn't know who I was. Um, so no, I, I respect it. I really did. I respected what the Braves have done over the years. I mean, I, I knew that there was so many good players uh, in that clubhouse. But, you know, ultimately for me, I think it was just a matter of, look, this is this is my new job. This is my new team. Um, obviously, you know, I'm covering them, so I'm going to be impartial. But ultimately, it makes all of our lives easier, right, when they're winning. Uh, and so, you know, being around the guys, you know, you sort of feel like you're going through the battles with them. I'm on, I was on the plane with them. I was in the hotel. Whether they liked it or not, Ricky, they saw me a lot more than I see you uh, during a season. So um, they couldn't get away from me so no I, I think you know you kind of found yourself kind of going through it with those guys and um, it was it was a blast I mean from from day one getting to meet Chipper and all the guys and um, you know have those relationships to this day I mean it's it's been it's been awesome um, I think the big thing that I've kind of discovered in this in this industry the other thing is I find myself rooting for individual guys right, right. guys that are good to me over the years they go elsewhere I see them down the road it's always a you know a handshake and a hug and how's the family doing and you know you find yourself rooting for, for guys from afar. And there's a number of guys that still play that I, I feel that way about. So um, I respect those guys that treat me well. And, and uh, you know, there's some that haven't over the years, but, you know, that, that's that's part of any job, right? That's part of any industry. So, no, it, it wasn't a tough transit. Look, I'll put it this way. I still get grief on Facebook from folks back home, friends of mine from high school that see my kid wearing a Braves jersey going, that should be a Phillies jersey. I'm like, he's born in Atlanta. He's from here. He has no ties to Philadelphia. He loves the Braves, and that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my wife will bark back too. like, you, you were born in Philly, so you're a Phillies fan. He's born here. Let him be a fan of whoever he wants, and he loves the Braves, and that's where daddy works, and that's the coolest thing. So no, <laughs> it wasn't a tough transition, and, and the longer we've been here, um, it's it's been great. I mean, I, I probably have more Braves gear in my closet now than I ever had Phillies gear as an as an adult. So that, that goes to show you, we're we're all in. And yeah. uh, like I said, the little ones are, are, we're raising them right, as folks out there in, in Braves country would, would probably agree. I can attest to that, Matt. <laughs> Max is Kevin's not kidding. Max, his son Max is might be the biggest Braves fan on the planet. Nice. I mean, he is. That's all that kid even wants, lives, breathes, eats baseball, Braves baseball. I'll say this: uh, for the first five years of his life, he didn't realize the Braves were on TV every night. Probably by design by mommy at home to get him <laughs> to go to bed. Uh, and our good friend Mark Bowman said, "You know, when he gets a little older, he's going to be really mad at you for not realizing he could watch the Braves every night." <laughs> so his routine now is: after dinner, he goes in the basement, he gets his glove out, uh, he plays wall ball in our basement, and watches the game until he goes to bed. And he will tell me the next morning hey freddie hit a home run last night or what was the final score or who went who you know, what he wants to know and again he turns six a week from today so uh he's not even six yet but man he is he's all <laughs> in on the braves i mean when he comes to a game you can't bother him he, he doesn't want to go walk and get a hot dog or ice cream he wants to sit in his seat and, f- and follow everything wow. that happens on the field well that's uh that's a lost art right there yeah. especially for some young kids that that uh i think that for me playing the game of baseball was tough growing up 
because it's just it's slow mm-hmm. right when you're not playing it and you're trying to learn the game and I never had in my hometown a, an opportunity like this to come watch games so it was really difficult at first just to watch it I was like I just want to go play I just want right. to go play but um, I think that's a great opportunity now he doesn't know any alumni because everybody he grew up with is still playing right, right? <laughs> so we're gonna have to introduce him to some alumni and he's gonna have to look at some old tapes or something right <laughs> absolutely and it's funny you say that because he calls chipper uncle chipper does he <laughs> and chipper has been kind enough to offer hitting lessons for him when he gets a little okay. older and he refers to this person he's never even met before as uncle chipper i'm like max you haven't even met the guy yet but you know fortunately he, he has at spring trainings in the past i've brought him down to the field and he's mm-hmm. met some of the guys and um some of the guys have been kind enough to take pictures with him and all but we we got to coordinate him actually meeting chipper he's almost six he calls him uncle and he hasn't met him yet <laughs> yeah. so we got to make that happen Long for sure uncle. That's <laughs> yeah. great. so let's talk about uh you mentioned you know the, when you were the clubhouse reporter i mean you're on the team i mean i'm sorry you're on the road with the team traveling i mean a 162 yeah. for for years and now you're you kind of settled in this new role as pre-game post-game host which is great for you i mean you're doing a great job at it obviously and i know with with having a family now that makes things a little easier to get to see the kids a little bit more often but how's that new role going for you i mean you did it last year yeah uh, the, it worked out that way that you ended up doing it last year obviously because well heck a lot of the media still isn't traveling mm-hmm. with the team as we're sitting here in 2021 so but how's that been going how, how are you enjoying that so far i've enjoyed it a, a ton i mean like you said i'm home a lot more um last summer when baseball did start back up again i mean my son and i we took up fishing as a new hobby i have never nice. fished before look in philly we don't do a whole lot of fishing in the <laughs> delaware river you don't want to pull anything out of that cheesehead uh, <laughs> yeah you may Boot. never know what <laughs> yeah. yeah or uh, if you're lucky that's all you find um but we took up fishing as a new hobby last summer we went to the pool every day and then you know i would work at night uh i was home while my wife was pregnant you know and again this is not a, a sympathy or a sob story but you know i missed a lot of max growing up i missed mm. his first steps i watched him on facetime from spring training in 2016 i watched his first t-ball game on facetime you know now i'm getting to kind of make up for all those milestones now with my with my baby daughter which has been awesome uh, but i'm loving it i mean I'm, you know chris and i we have a blast doing the pregame show uh, you know it, it's great baseball conversation i really enjoy working with domino um as far as post game goes you know getting a chance to you know just talk baseball i mean we're talking baseball for hours every single day which i don't know i don't know what most people do all day but i I wouldn't trade that for the world man i really wouldn't and there's been a lot of great stuff to talk about here the last couple of years so um yeah it's been fun it's been a blast uh taking the calls on the wrap-up show and and the rain delay show has been an an experience ben uh, ben ingram promised me that that would be something that would be a little different (laughs) for you uh but last year as a matter of fact we had a rain delay show. This is unbelievable. Uh, we had a caller call in from Alaska, and Domino says, do you think we can find someone who's listening right now that's further away from us than Alaska? And the phone lines just went bananas. And our producer, Kevin D'Amico, goes, all right, take line three now. Take line five. And we're pulling it up, and we had a caller from Panama, and then we had one from the United Kingdom. Wow. We had somebody in Australia driving to the grocery store, <laughs> listening to the Braves rain delay show, and Domino's like, are you calling from the future? Like, what <laughs> What day is it where you are? What time is it? And it was like 1230 in the afternoon, and we were like 830 at night here, whatever whatever the time yeah. change was. And he's like, so you're in the future. Can you tell me, do the Braves win this game or not? Like, can you look back? Is it in the papers? But no, it's it's been fun. It's been great. Uh, enjoy all the interaction with the people. And like I said, we, we have a blast doing it. So uh, it's been it's been big shoes to fill. You know, Ben left that seat warm for me, and I promised him I wouldn't let him down. So I hope, fingers crossed, um, I'm 
at least holding the fort down pretty well for him. Well, that's that rain delay show is no joke. It's I can't a- imagine because <laughs> you got to just go and yeah. just not you don't know when it's going to end. He's got You have a, you have like a, a a pocket reminder of like when you feel like that you're running out. You're like, okay, maybe I can talk about this. Oh, we, oh the, Greg, the callers keep us moving. Oh, they it's do. Non-stop okay. okay. We had a caller a few years back. This was incredible. Where he said, if the Braves know it's going to rain all night, the the <laughs> this was the Georgia Dome was still open. He said, well, the Georgia Dome's not being used in the summer. Why can't they just move the game inside? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't want to break this all down. You know technically but that's a football field and there's not a there's not a diamond and there's not a mound and there's not a, yeah 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 we just announced just announce it over the, the loudspeaker like yeah. everybody just get in your cars go over to the dome right. and play it there we'll meet you down there in 30 yeah. minutes thanks for your call and thanks for listening we appreciate appreciate it so you get all types but it's mm-hmm. it's entertainment for sure so oh, yeah hopefully we don't have one for a while but next rain delay i encourage all your listeners to tune that in well, if you want to have a well ricky laugh. and i had we didn't have callers but we had people that were texting in on oh. our uh, on our live Facebook was it Facebook Live that we did? Yeah, the the summer camp games last year. Yeah, yeah. summer camp. So uh, that's that's pretty. Well, you you brought it up here before your favorite compliment oh that gosh. we got because yeah. the first game we brought the reason we were thrown into that deal was because of COVID restrictions we basically Braves Vision were kind enough to like they had a couple stationary cameras at that point they couldn't even have people manning the cameras I mean mm-hmm. this is we're trying to bring baseball back in 2020 so they could set the cameras up beforehand and just leave them there and stationary right and so they're like alright well we can we can turn these cameras on and we can at least broadcast this these, these scrimmages whatever you want to call them on Facebook Live YouTube wherever uh, so the first game we did that and there was no sound because again all we literally that was just due to COVID protocols at that point all we could do was just have yeah. those cameras no mics or anything mm-hmm. and so after the first one enough people tuned in they're like okay well we're going to keep doing this but we need some sound so they just they threw they said Harry hey, and Bubba here do, can you all do the game <laughs> oh yeah what tomorrow <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah. in my mind you know I, I was talking to uh, might have been Frenchy. I think of what it was, and I said, um, I go, how in the world do you remember all that stuff about each player? And I said, I was I was reading stuff for hours, and I was trying to make lists, and he goes, we don't remember that. They, they The guy pulls it up and puts it in front of, in yeah. front of us on the computer. Mm-hmm. I went, Oh, that's yeah. not fair. <laughs> yeah. So, and I was, I, I was, I was nervous about doing the whole thing, but it ended up being fun. I mean, oh, we're, yeah. not, we're not professional. It was fun for comic, us. But it was, we enjoyed it just because it was something different, something new. Uh, and but, we got to see, we were the only ones getting to see live baseball. I know, it was great. Um, but then our favorite, your favorite piece of uh, feedback. That oh, we yeah. Got. Well, you know, the first night it was silence. Right. right. And then the next night they had Ricky and I, and Ricky was trying to do play-by-play, play-by-play. And one of the comments, a lady says, well, it's better than silence. <laughs> I was like, well, all right. Well, Thanks. Take Thanks a lot. That, that was my favorite th- tweet <laughs> was or wherever it was I saw. Awesome. I was like, well, hey, this is better than silence. Best yeah, comment right. ever. Well, Appreciate it. Yeah, it could have been worse. Look, I've seen, I've had much worse thrown my way on Twitter over the years. <laughs> they could have said, sure. let's go back to silence. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, and uh, to your point, it makes you appreciate the announcers that make it sound oh, so yeah. easy, right? Well, that's it's wh- not yeah. easy to do. And that's where I was going with all of this with you because you've called spring training games yeah. with Ben mm-hmm. and then and to Greg's point with doing rain delay where you don't know how long you're going to go. It did – that was the serious part of where I wanted to go with it is like <laughs> the appreciation I gained for how – not just how difficult I know what you guys do is difficult but it's more of how easy you all make it look whether it's you doing because you're doing pregame postgame shows and those are not short shows either I mean right. you're on the air for a long time and then you throw in a couple hour rain delay oh. show 
<laughs> that's that's uh, we were just doing what we could do to get those games weren't even nine innings. We were just trying to get through <laughs> yeah, six and a half four innings. Four and I was like, oh my gosh. Chip, where are you, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just it takes a lot of a uh, lot of years, a lot of experience to kind of get that build up that those reps. I guess. Yeah. Right? How, yeah. Tell us, tell us how you would prepare for. How have you prepared for something like that? I mean, did you? Do you go to school? Did you go to broadcasting school and some things like that? Yeah, I, so I graduated from Temple, Temple University in Philly, with a broadcasting degree. Um, and, you know, as far as transitioning that to calling games or doing pre and post game shows, you know, the benefit for for calling spring training games is we're there the whole time, so we get a chance to see guys, talk to them, get all kinds of great nuggets. And you know, by the seventh inning, me and Ben are just kind of messing around at that point. You know, just having fun because let's be honest, if you're listening to a nine inning spring training game and you're you know you're really dialed in I, I mean I don't you can only be so serious for so long in the middle of March let's be honest so there was a lot of fun Ben and I did an inning uh, we were playing the Marlins I believe it was a, f- a few years back and on the ride down Ben says I'm gonna throw a bunch of facts about this the the the, uh, the planet Jupiter your way because we were <laughs> playing the Marlins in Jupiter Florida and so like the eighth inning he told me coming back from break go get ready here we go and so we had a lot of fun with it and uh I'll leave some of the details out because I don't know what your 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 age range is in this one. But there was a comment I was going to make back to Ben, and I, I restrained myself about uh, a different planet in the solar system, <laughs> and uh, I didn't do it. And I was told later on I probably could have gotten away with it because it was a spring training game. But uh, no, as far as preparing for the pre and post game, you know, again we watch every pitch of every game, so you know you're kind of dialed in. A lot of times, what we'll do early on, we'll recap the night before, and then from there on out, it's here's what's going on tonight. Here's the pitching matchup here's your lineups and I, I i frankly love our you know this date in baseball history segment we go through and find mm-hmm. some fun nuggets that happened back in the 1920s or 30s or 40s whatever it might be stuff that maybe you've never heard before so that that's a, a fun little segment and those are all easy to find online as well so it's just i think you know preparing for calling play-by-play was really helpful just being there the whole time uh standing down at the batting cage talking to guys getting some tidbits and again that's part of the fun part of the job in a non-covid world when we are able to be on the field and you know be around the cage you get so much information there from just guys that'll give you something here or there um very very helpful when it comes to that kind of stuff greg i'll tell you this so this and if this if this is out of bounds you can just tell me and i'll cut it uh but there was a we played a game a few years a couple years back where when ben and kev were calling the spring training games (laughs) where i would look up this is something ben i guess had been doing for years and you've been doing where we'd look up like find an obscure word an actual now and it couldn't be just like a made up or slang thing like an actual obscure word in the english language and say okay here's your word of the day you guys got to work this into the broadcast today somehow (laughs) and so i did this a few times and it was so much fun and then people in the office or whatever we all knew and it was so fun because not only see how they work it in but it's just part of the beautiful thing about listening to baseball on the radio is it's it's the game but it's in the conversation and then where the broadcasters take it so there was I, I, I gave him a few words over the years. Um, I remember one of them. The one that was my favorite, and I'll, I'm not even sure if it's the same one as yours. So my favorite that I ever gave to you guys, because listening to you guys riff off of it for a couple minutes was just, <laughs> I was belly laughing so hard. The word was dunderfunk. No, that was not the go <laughs> Okay, perfect. Do you remember the definition of that? So it was basically, it was like a, I, I don't remember the exact definition. I think it was basically like a 19th century uh, like sailor's meal, like a uh, <laughs> baked, like biscuits baked in molasses kind uh-huh. of thing. And uh, and I've still got the clip of that. Of you Sail- guys doing sailor's that. donuts. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. So dunderfunk 
Thunderfunk, which may, a I would have said no if it was y'all telling me that because I'm like I'll this is live radio I'll mispronounce that <laughs> and I'll get fired. Um, but it was just so funny, and they they riffed on it during the game for two or three minutes while calling the game, and it was entertaining. And how I knew, and this is how good they are. I was, of course, watching on Twitter, and the Braves fans that were listening, they were getting a kick out of it, and they're all sitting there going, things I learned today by listening to the Braves radio, Dunderfunk. Yeah. And then people were having a discussion about Dunderfunk <laughs> online. I'm like, okay, we all did a good thing today. This is good. My favorite was Collie Wobbles. Oh. You can look that one up. <laughs> Collie Wobbles one. is like a stomach bug, an illness. You're not feeling so good. So Ben, the day before, missed the game because he wasn't feeling well. And I came. we came back from break, and I just dropped it in there. I'm looking at the text. All right, here's the word. Right, how are we going to do this one? And I said, Ben, it's great to have you back, man. We missed you. Uh, feeling better after that little bout of the collie wobbles? And then, yeah, those collie wobbles are no joke, man. And it was just, it was, it, look, it's entertainment, right? It's fun. It's yeah. baseball, especially it's spring training baseball. Mm. Uh, as the great Jack Elliott said on the movie, Mr. Baseball, uh, Tom Selleck, I've, I've quoted this on MLB Network uh, when we talked about the unwritten rules of baseball. I said, as the great Jack Elliott said, baseball is a game and games are supposed to be fun. So, uh, while we take ourselves seriously for the most part, you can't take yourself too, too seriously, right? You got to have a little bit of fun. But Collie Wobbles is the one that, that stands out to me. I, like I, don't, I don't know if you have that one or not. That's, that's, <laughs> I remember that one. There's a somewhere, and it might be on my last laptop, I've got a list of word of the days that I sent to you guys. <laughs> and you ended up using a few of them. But yeah, Collie Wobbles, that's, that's uh, Dunderfunk remains my favorite. Yeah. I, I remember you guys talking about it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, last question for me, for both of you. Is Guillermo Heredia the greatest Atlanta Brave to ever wear the number 38? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no. Boy, you set him up for that one, didn't you? Yeah, I, did, I did. I did. I had to mess with him. Every right. time I see that, because before, it, we had a reliever a couple years ago that was wearing number 38. I, I think I've told this story. So I see him down in the tunnel um, walking along. I said, hey, I go, uh, I said, uh, doing great this year. Um, I uh, make sure you make that number proud, right? You know, um, I said, I, uh, I used to wear that. He goes, all right, when did you, when did you play? And I said, I was such and such. He goes, man, you're old. Oh, <laughs> thanks kid. Thanks, thanks a lot. <laughs> hey, mean Joe. Sun, sun, Sunday night baseball when her radio went off and had those two homers and the grand yeah. slam. I was like, all right, I know I'm going to, I'm just going to force that question into this week's episode. Is he the greatest, uh, to wear number 30? Maybe so. for one day. Hey, he was for for one day. For he one, was the you know. greatest hitter that ever wore thirty. Hey, you see, there we go. There like you go. That. Now we got it all worked out. There hey, let go. me give you one good thirty-eight from from uh, Braves teams of the past. You guys remember Anthony Varvaro, right-handed oh, reliever? Yeah, yeah. Had a chance to see him. I'm thinking about this because we're playing the, the Yankees this week. Had a chance to see him in New York a couple years ago. Really cool story about Varv. After he retired, his entire family. He comes from a family of first responders. He is now a uh, New York City police. Department, a New York, uh, New York City police officer in the Port Authority, I believe. He joins his mm. whole family. They've been uh, police officers, firefighters, EMTs, so now he's part of it too. Yeah. So uh, I saw him, and that was really cool. We kind of talked for a while, and I was like, man, you're, you're, here you are now. You're, you're protecting all of us. So it was, it was Isn't that cool. awesome. So awesome. A, a feel good story about yeah. a, a former 38. But, I'll give you yeah. one more about a 38, Ron Reed, two, two, uh, two sports star with um, in the NBA and with the Atlanta Braves. He pitched back on the 66, 66. Seven, uh, late sixties there with the Braves. Really, and he um, played in the NBA as well. Mm-hmm. Really, yep. he went to Notre Dame. We had a great career in college. I'll have to look him up. I've not heard. I've really? never yep. heard about this before. Yep. Okay, so uh, he, um, I think he might have been a rookie in '66, 
but he was really good friends with Negro, of course, and um, some of the guys. There were when we had Hank's memorial. Ron was here along with um, Wade Blazing Game, who's another great name off that '66 mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. and uh, who lives here um, locally. So I got to meet some of the guys that came in. I'd never met personally before, but they came in for Hank's memorial. But uh, yeah, look up Ron Reed. He had a, he had okay. a career. I think he pitched for the Phillies too, as he well. He was apparently on that 1980 team that won the World Series. No in kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm googling. This I is... usually don't talk about that. I usually just stick to the. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that was the picture that showed up. Yeah. So that's what I went with. Well, hey, I actually called. You looked up Baseball Reference? Uh-huh. So I called Baseball Reference because um, I've done some work with those guys on some different things, helping them getting some information. They had – when originally I was doing my – they had me in a Mets uniform. Okay. I said, listen. I said, <laughs> I love my time with the Mets. It was great. I said, but you need to put me in a Braves uniform. So they changed my picture. <laughs> nice. How about that? Nice. Look nice. at that. So yeah. For y'all listening out there, this is a lot of like, what's it like to work in the press box? <laughs> this is honest to God. This is a lot of what it's like where you start, like you somebody brings up a fact or something triggers something to somebody. Yeah. The next thing you know, you're on baseball reference or you're Googling it on the internet. It's a lot of baseball talk mm-hmm. like this. And this is, this is why it's, there's no food here. Well, no we don't have Doug beer. Lehman's hot dogs in here, unfortunately. That's that's the one thing we're missing. But um, we don't. But we'll we'll, we'll try harder. But next we are in alumni time. lounge. Which yeah, it's is, nice. Uh, it's been hadn't been here in a while. So this is fancy. I, I've, I'm not allowed on this level of the building. I don't think so. This was this was cool. Greg Greg has to let me in here. Has to sneak <laughs> me in here. So your, your key card blinks red when you try <laughs> to get in yeah, the door. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time, man. And this is not going. Hopefully, not going to be the last time we'll get you on again here this summer. And hopefully, is. Uh, Hopefully we're talking about a postseason run here at some point. But thank you for uh, for taking the time, man. Yeah, it's been it's been a blast. I enjoyed it, and you guys, I'm right across the street. You, anytime you need me, I can run over for you guys. Sounds well, good. Well, when yeah, just tell Domino we said hi. I, I will. I don't yeah. know how you do it, but um, bless you, <laughs> bless you for. We'll talk about that off Chris. air. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, Chris is great. Hey, I will say this one thing. So uh, Finneran's been fantasy camp. Uh, Domino's been done some fantasy camp. So. We may have to. Ricky's been to fantasy camp. I, I I gotta be. I can't wait to go. I've already. I basically just keep bringing it up to make Greg have to bring me back down yeah. next year because I had so much fun just hanging out there last time. So yeah, we gotta get you down. There. I mean, I'm just waiting for my invite. You know, any yeah, one of these right. years, so, you know, get me down there. I might pull something. I might get hurt. But well, you know, we you all pull all... things. But you know, <laughs> that's just a prerequisite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I would. I, I've I've told my wife. I, one of these years, I gotta get down there. So we gotta, okay, gotta make it happen. We can have yeah. some fun with that too. You know, we can bring our our social media crew and they can just make fun of me the whole time. So whatever oh, you want, yeah. you want to have some fun with I it like that. let me know well there's a lot of people that get made fun of down there <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> i'm sure i'll end up in kangaroo court too plenty uh, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> all right good deal thanks kevin man. appreciate it appreciate you guys Our thanks again to kevin McAlpin for joining us here on behind the braves uh greg now that the season is in full swing We've got uh, fans back in the ballpark going up to 50% capacity for the second homestand. Really excited about that. Man, it was great just to – that first homestand, just having people in the ballpark. I tell you, even at 33%, uh, a walk-off win or a big home run or whatever, man, it's amazing. 13,000 people can sound like 40,000 people if they want yeah. to. And it's, it was very – oh, it just felt great to have those – have just have all the, the kind of some normalcy back in the ballpark. The, the people, the smells, like the – Smelling popcorn and hot dogs, I never thought I would appreciate that so much as I, ha- I did during that first homestand. Uh, that was great. And 
So with all of that, all the normalcy kind of starting to come back to the ballpark, we're having Alumni Sunday uh, every every Sunday during uh, during Braves home games and Alumni Weekend coming up. So I know you're doing – you did a, a, a cool uh, – for the first Alumni Sunday, you did a Q&A with Dale Murphy out uh, in the Georgia Power Pavilion out in the plaza outside, just outside the ballpark. Uh, and you've got another – Another former Behind the Braves guest uh, coming up this weekend, don't you? Yeah, Braves Hall of Famer Terry Pendleton. So he's going to be out there with me. And, boy, it was nice to be back. And I told everybody out in the plaza that uh, just to be out there on that stage and just to see the fans there. Now, of course, you know, the, the battery's packed all the time, people there. But actually coming there and doing their normal pregame rituals, people hanging out, throwing wiffle balls and and uh, sunning themselves out there on the on the turf uh, was pretty. It was pretty special. It was just great to see, like you said, uh, see that uh, being there on Alumni Sunday, and then coming back in the stadium and watching the game. And uh, man, that thirteenth there's there's no way you could have told me that it was only thirteen thousand people there. They were loud. Fans yep. fans got excited, and I think everybody was just excited that this was this was happening and team played well and so we're looking for another another great homestand coming up and then we have alumni weekend coming up at the end of may and that's one of my favorite events and we'll have about 40 to 50 guys here and we'll do some um, events on friday uh, with the parade and then saturday we'll do some do some things as well awesome well i can't wait that's always one of the best weekends of the the braves year is alumni weekend we it's just so much fun the parade is so cool especially mm-hmm. now that we're here uh, at Truist Park in the Battery, and you have this kind of I would call Main Street USA feel, where you could, it's a perfect place to have a parade where there's plenty of room for for all Braves fans to come out and see their mm-hmm. favorite Braves alumni, and you guys uh, come strolling through, and uh, it's <laughs> it's always always a lot of fun. So, man, just so grateful to to be back here, us recording here, to have folks back in the stands. It's it's just it's great, and it's uh, I think we're. After a rough year plus now, it's uh, I think we're going to have a really, really great summer back at the ballpark where we're supposed to be. Yeah, so. agreed. I was talking to Gerald Perry today, and I was just inviting him out to uh, Alumni Weekend, and I said, man, it just seemed like forever since I've seen you, and, you know, how you doing? And he sounded great, and he was ready to come back. He said, I was just getting ready to call you. I was wanting to see when, because we typically have Alumni Weekend in August, but this year it's going to be may just because of uh circumstances and so we were just catching up and i've told a couple people that i mean i just can't wait to see you it's just been too long i mean it's been literally two years yeah so it's crazy it's crazy that's it's 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 been that long Mm -hmm. well it's not crazy because it's it's definitely felt like two years yeah that's right that's right All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in as usual. And uh, please keep rating, reviewing, subscribing behind the Braves wherever you get your podcasts. And if you know some Braves fans that haven't heard about us, please share it, share it on social media or just tell them about it. Text them, call them, whatever. Wake them up. Let them know. We're here every week behind the Braves uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next week. Hey, Braves country, we just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or at braves.com slash behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.